Thanks for joining us on the Church of the Lakes podcast, where we inspire life, share life, and give life. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at cotlakes.com. We'd love to connect with you. Now, let's go to the message. Today we're ending a series um, that we've called Love Well. Love Well. How many of you know love sounds like a great idea until you actually have to do it? Right? Like, it's, it's an awesome thing we talk about at church. Yeah, we should love everyone, and we have all this churchy moment. And then you go to work, and there's that one particular customer, right? There's, there's that, 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 that whole scenario of, like, one particular person that works next to you. And so we've been talking about how do we love well. So we've taken four weeks to try to focus on how do we love people? How, how do we actually do this? And four weeks, can I say to you, is really not enough for us to go through all that we need to go through. And then I'm thinking today, how do I actually end this? Like, what's the closing of a relationship series that kind of covers every area and all this? And so, so I'm going to focus a little bit today. I want you guys to hear this. I'm going to focus a little bit today. Parents, I'm going to talk to you quite a bit today. But in the context of that, everybody, I'm going to give you some relationship things because here's what I figured out. Over the years of me being a parent, Jen and I now have been parenting for like, 22,000 years, it feels like, right? Eight kids, we've had foster kids, we've adopted five out of the foster system, and we're like a year and a half away from the baby possibly moving out, right? Um, and, and I love them, but it's time for them to go and do their thing and, and to move on with life and be adults. But we're looking at, and I'm th- I was thinking about how much my parenting has changed from the very beginning. Come on, when you think about how much your, your relationship has changed with, with your spouse, how much your, your marriage has changed, how many things, I mean, one of the things that I've seen over and over is things that I was just dogmatic about. Come on, it's true. I don't care what you say. It's true. It's, it's different with the baby than it is with the first one. You know you get tired. You know, you, like, like, as a matter of fact, let, let me show you. I found this. Now, let me just say this real quick, ladies. Before I show you this first one, I didn't write this. A woman wrote this. Can I say that again? Pastor Mike did not write this. A woman wrote this. But let me show you how it kind of changes. So when it comes to maternity clothes, first baby, you put on maternity clothes as soon as you find out you're pregnant. Right? Oh my gosh. Right? Kind of thing. And then the second baby, well, you wear your regular clothes as long as possible. And then third, well, your maternity clothes are your regular clothes. I didn't write that. I didn't write that. A woman wrote that. I didn't write that. So here, here's another example. So going out, first baby, you call home every five minutes, right? Second baby, just before you walk out, you remember to leave a number where you can be reached. And third baby, explicit instructions to only call if she sees blood, <laughs> right? Or a limb on the floor or something like that. One, one more, one more. So swallowing a coin, first child, you rush them to the hospital and demand x-rays. Second child, you carefully wait for the coin to pass. Just got to have some patience. Third, you take it out of their allowance. Come on, somebody. <laughs> right? It's, it's, it's amazing how things change and, and things shift and, and, and things happen over time. And so I want to talk a little bit today about relationships as we close this out. And I do want to talk about it from a standpoint a lot from parenting. But hear me on this. If you're not a parent, don't shut down on me this morning because here's what I want to give you. I want to give you what I think are five essentials to any relationship. 
Like, we've been talking about specific things, and there's, we, like, my wife and I are doing a love and respect, which is about marriage, small group. You can do parenting classes and conferences. You can do marriage conferences. You can do relational things. We go to work, and we do, you know, we do these things at work on interpersonal skills and all this. Like, you can do a lot of relational things. But I think, I think as a believer, there are five things that are essential before you can do any of that stuff. Five things that I think are actually kind of the bottom line, and I'm going to flip the way I normally teach on Sunday mornings. Because normally what I do to you is I give you kind of scripture and a little theology and all, and then I get practical at the end, how you can apply it. I'm going to flip that today. I'm going to start with five things. And here's what I'm going to say to you. Listen to me. Write these five things down as we go through. And it doesn't matter what relationship. And I'm going to talk a lot in the context of parenting. But it does not matter. These five things have to be in play, in my opinion, for you to be able to have healthy work relationships, school, romantic relationships, you name it. But let me show you Proverbs 24 and 3 first. By wisdom, a house is built. I want you to hear something. Wisdom, that's not something you can get or train. That's downloaded from God. Right? Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, Scripture tells us. Right? So we, we've got to have God... Right? And that's going to really lead right into my first essential today. But wisdom is the beginning. It comes from God, right? It's, so, so the first and most important essential healthy relationship, essential. The bottom line, number one is this. Listen, write it down. Authentic faith. Authentic faith. In other words, there is such thing as inauthentic faith. In other words, there's something that I would describe as dating God. What do I mean by that? Well, I mean, you know, when you're dating someone, you're not fully committed. You spend time and you spend energy, but there's not necessarily a full commitment there, right? And, and I believe there's quite a few people in our country today, in our world today, that, that, that God is involved with areas of their life when he's beneficial, but not in charge of all areas of their life, especially when he tells us to do something we don't want to do. Right? And so, so if we're going to begin to have healthy relationships, we've got to start with an authentic faith. What happens in, in this scenario is that you like, can I tell you what you're missing? If you're kind of dating God, if you're sort of like coming to church, but you're not sure, or you kind of do your own thing on Friday night and Saturday nights, but then you still come to church. And all, can, I, can I tell you what you're missing? Because I want you to know you're missing something. You're missing the power. What what you're missing is the anointing of God. What you're missing is the Holy Spirit actually wants to go, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, don't don't post that. Wait, wait, don't, no, don't, mm, don't get into this relationship right now. You're not ready for that. He, He actually wants to, like, before you make a business decision. Or before you make any, uh, and so what happens is, is we're not, we're not empowered to listen to him in that way, whether it's work, play, whatever. If we do this, we're missing grace and strength available to us in every single situation. And I would love to help you get to an authentic, dynamic relationship with God. That's our goal, right? The scripture refers to it as walking with the spirit, that the spirit of God is actually, you, you hear him. You hear him go, oh, stop. No, 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 wait, not, you don't say that, right? Like he should have said to me yesterday when I said something to my wife. Or maybe I should have listened. Come on, somebody, right? The reality that the Holy Spirit wants to do that, to speak to us. The best parenting advice I can give you, 
the best marriage advice I can give you, the best business advice, any relations whatsoever, the best advice I can give you is to get close to Jesus. He created all relationships. And until we do that, hear me, we can't even begin to do healthy relationship. Are you, are you following with me? We can, we can come up with worldly ways and Oprah can tell us all kinds of cool things to do. Right? And we can read Cosmo and we can take tests about sex lives. Let me tell you what, the greatest sex lives out there are people who are fully committed to Jesus. That just weirded some of y'all out. <laughs> and it is so dead true. Come on, somebody. God created sex. He meant for it to be fantastic. He meant for it to be great in the context of a marriage with two people who love him and are passionately pursuing him. And that is where it's supposed to be. And the reason it gets out of context is because we don't have that ongoing relationship. If you come to me for marriage advice, parenting advice, anything else, and you don't have a growing relationship with Jesus, listen, 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 listen. All I can give you is a band-aid for your gaping wounds. I can, I can give you a little, you know, do this, don't do that. I can give you a little guidance. But in any of our relationships... The essential, what's going to make them healthy is an authentic relationship with God. Proverbs 14 and 26, reverence for the Lord gives a man deep strength. His children have a place of refuge and security. Do you hear that verse? When a man loves Jesus, when a man knows God, when he is walking with the Spirit, his children have a refuge and a safe place. Do you hear that? That's how deep that goes. That's how, that's how much that, that affects us. So we all have to make a decision. This is the decision of Joshua 24, 15. Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Amen? It's got to start with an authentic faith. Number two, it's gotta, it's, if, if we're going to have an essential, essentially healthy relationships, it's going to have to have intentional schedules. Intentional schedules. The greatest families I know were extremely intentional about their time. Jen and I, several times, we would see a family and go, I like what they do. I like the results I'm seeing in them. And we would call them. Or we would have dinner with them and go, tell us about what you do. Like, tell us, tell us about your schedules and stuff. And I remember a family specifically that we looked at them and thought, man, like, even in the midst of chaos and stuff, what I see in their kids. And so I tell me more. I need to hear. And what I heard over and over again was intentionality with schedule. Right? Was the focus of the reality of what kind of time is needed. Right? And so in the Matheny household, we made the dinner table a priority. I don't know if you know this, but there is secular research out there that shows that if you take a family that does not sit down at the dinner table normally, and they sit down at the dinner table once or twice a week when they didn't before, astronomical differences in every area of that child's life that they would not have premarital sex that they would not get on drugs that they know why why is that such a big deal because sitting at the dinner table we talk about who we are and what we believe we reinforce the reality of who they are you hear what i'm saying to you and so we've got if we're going to have healthy relationships if we're going to have to have a healthy marriage listen to me you need a date night guys you need a date night don't elbow him 
but you need a date night. Or, like, you need to be intentional about your schedule. You don't need to make that, that, that next business deal as badly as you need to pay attention to your wife. Or your husband. You, you, you don't need to make junior partner or whatever it is that we're chasing that is of this world that is not eternal. If it means that I'm having to sacrifice something when it comes to relationship. We say it here at church and I say it unashamedly. You are the sum total of your relationships. And we've got to not only be authentic in our relationship with Jesus so we can be authentic. It's, it's got to be two ways. There's got to be authenticity with us and God and an authenticity here. And then there has to be a very intentional reality of how I schedule my time. I'll give you a statistic. This kind of freaked me out. I'm not going to lie to you. Cornell University did research and said the average dad in the United States spends seven minutes per day with their children. Seven minutes per day. That's 49 minutes a week. That's not even an hour. Gets worse with preschoolers, an average of 37.7 seconds with preschoolers. Listen to me. We, we, we've got to be intentional about our relationships and the ones that are important. If you come to Life Steps, you're going to hear me say, you need to nurture your important relationships. Right? We've got to nurture. What are you doing? And this is not a Valentine's thing. This is not a one-time, let me throw flowers at her. This is the reality of me saying, I need to be intentional, and I need to say no to some of the things of this world if I'm going to have healthy relationships. Boy, I could get on that one forever. Psalm 39 and 6. We are merely moving shadows, and all our busy rushing ends end. What? Nothing. Let me say it to you this way. You might be too busy if you holler at the kids time for dinner, and they go get in the car. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying, right? That's funny. I don't care what y'all said. That was funny. But anyway, no one ever thinks, man, I wish we had played another sport this year. No one ever thinks, oh, we should have also added Girl Scouts, right? Nobody ever thinks that. What we do think is, man, I wish I had had more time. And I wish, and so we've got to be intentional. Ecclesiastes 4 and 6, it's better to have only a little with peace of mind than be busy all the time. Come on, somebody. Let's practice. You ready? We're going to practice all together. Ready? I'm going to count to three, and I want everyone here to say no. One, two, three. See, you can say it. You just need to say it more often. Right? To those things that are taking me away from what really, really matters. So authentic faith, intentional schedules, and then this one's going to sound a little off the wall or even a little Church of the Lakesy. But I believe it's an essential. It's to discover purpose. It's to discover purpose. If you don't know who you are and what you're doing and why you're doing and why you're taking up oxygen on this crazy big blue blob, then you're going to struggle in relationships. Because you're not going to know which are good and bad relationships or which ones are taking you in healthy directions and which ones are not. Right? Unless you understand who you are. You can't know your purpose now without authentic faith. And that will define how you spend your time. So that's why I see these all as essentials, right? They all come together. Listen to me. Your kids don't need to be. There was this term back in the day. I haven't heard it in years, but we used to use it. And it was a Renaissance man. Do you remember this term? And what it meant was we wanted our kids to be well-rounded, right? I want my kids to do it. I want to have a little bit of everything. Like I want them to have a little music training and I want them to do this. I want them to be able to do theater and crush someone on the football field. And I, and it was this idea of this. And can I say this to you? Listen to me. I believe that's very unbiblical. 
I really do. Because I think what we've done is we've made our kids masters of many things. I mean, I mean, good at many things, but not masters of anything, and especially not master at the thing that they were created to do. How about, how about, how about we start to focus on what our kids are good at? Because it's just one or two things. And we look at that and say, there's, the, there's purpose to find in who and what they're good at. How do I, how, how do I push that? How do I build that? How do, how do, I, how do I support that in that scenario? Not every kid's going to college. And yet there are some kids in your family that are crazy smart. They might need to go to college so they can get a degree to do a certain thing. Others may need to go, Ayana, my, my, my daughter, crazy little blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, little fashion girl, blah, blah, blah. And yet she's been saying she's going in the Marines since she was like eight years old. So July, she's leaving for, for the Marines. I tried everything. I did. I'm not lying to you. I, we took her to, to USF and even looked at their ROTC program while you get your degree, you know, kind of like, like, and, and we did. And then finally, you know what? We looked at it and we said, we tried all this, but you know what? This is the direction. So let's bolster who she is and what she's doing. And so she's working out at the gym with us now. And are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Like there's, there's things that you are called to do. And every one of us has different things. Let me say this to you, parents. Let me help you out. If your kids are telling you that you're not fair, that you treat them differently than the other kids in the house, you're killing it. Are you hearing me? Because not all of them need to be treated the same. Because when I look at one of my daughters and make that dad face, she bursts into tears. When I look at one of my other daughters and do that dad face, she's like, what? Bring it, big boy. They're different. And every relationship is different. We need to discover purpose. We need to understand the meaning behind the life that we are dealing with in this. You're not good at everything. Here's, here's words to say to your kids. You're not good at everything. And you're not supposed to be. But you are good at some things. And when you do those things to the glory of God, it's going to be awesome. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Like... We need to bolster our kids and we need to think about ourselves. Acts 20 and 24, listen to this. However I consider my life worth nothing to me, my only aim, underline that, only aim, my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus gave to me. Boy, if we started living that, we'd stop comparing ourselves so much to everybody else. We'd stop looking at social media and go, maybe I should get a boat too. Right? No, 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 no. I don't have time to get a boat right now because I know what my purpose is and I, don't, I ain't got time to do that right now. I'm focused on what God's got called for me to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Like this is, there's purpose in every single life. Ephesians 4 and 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Why do I say that? Because everybody around you needs to be bolstered up, but in their purpose. Not according to what you think they should be doing. But who God's called them to be. I I listened to a podcast yesterday morning. There's a new crazy study thing out there that I think I'm going to take our staff through. That just is talking about different personalities. And different geniuses in how you work. And all of them are called geniuses. And we have different geniuses. So you're genius at something that I'm not genius at. And I'm genius at something that you're not genius at. God designed it that way. What happens when you and I get our geniuses together is absolutely supernatural. 
But we've got to first start with, who am I? What is my purpose and what is my role and what is it that I am supposed to do? So we've got to hold each other up. Mark 10 and 16, I've got this picture in my head. It said, Jesus, he took the children in his arms and he put his hands on them and blessed them. I've got this picture of all these children coming to Jesus and sitting on his lap. And we got, when we say he blessed them. So what does that mean? Like the Pope, like bless you, bless you, bless you. I don't think that's it. Here, here's what I think happened. I think it was actually like he looked at one and put his hand on it and he went, you're going to speak in front of thousands of people one day. Right? And, and he looked at another one and go, you've got such a servant's heart. You're going to have mercy and you're going to speak into people's lives. And it may not be on a stage, but it's going to be amazing. Right? And it, he blessed them. He spoke words of purpose and meaning and who they were. And every single one of us, whether nine or 99, needs to hear that this morning. We need to know what our purpose is, which is why we do Life Steps. And let me encourage you again, as I do every week, please come to Life Steps. Starting next week is step one. Come join us in Life Steps. We want to take you on a journey of discovering the way God has wired you and why. For everyone else that's not a parent, listen to me, knowing your purpose will define all of your relationships. Like I said, it'll be healthier just in the area of comparison, right? Jealousy goes out the window because I'm not trying to be somebody else. I'm trying to live out my purpose. I consider this my number one job as your pastor, as the pastor of this church, because our vision is know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference, right? We've, we've got to know our purpose. All right, let me keep moving here. The next one is absolutely an essential to relationships, an absolute essential. Young people, listen to me on this one. It's going to sting a little, but, but listen to me and pay attention. And it's this, right relationships. Right relationships. In other words, there are wrong relationships. Can I get an amen on that one? Right? We say it this way here. You are the sum total of your relationships. Let me say it to you this way. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Parents, show me who your kids are hanging out with, and I'll tell you about their next years coming up. Let me say it to you this way. Show me who your, your friends are calling, your kids are calling friends on their social media that you don't know about, on their Instagram. Do you know what that is? What's a Instagram, young people? Oh, that's the Instagram you have for your friends because you don't want your parents to see it. Come on. See, because we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. And it's critical. Over time, listen to me, my, my wife and I have been accused of everything under the sun, from being Nazis to being militaristic to being helicopter parents. We've had all kinds of comments like that that have made over the years about us. But I'll tell you this. A few years ago, when my daughter looked at me at summer camp, and they were all going forward because they had preached about strongholds, and there were different strongholds and struggles in their life and all this. And my daughter was over there crying, and I was like, okay, God's working on something in her heart. And she came over to me, and she looked me in the face, and she said, Dad, I came over, I'm crying because I needed to say thank you. And this is one of my hard-headed ones. This is one of my ones that, you know, you understand why tigers eat their young kind of thing. You know what I'm talking about? And she said, you know what, Dad, because honestly, I was sitting here praying, and I just thought, I don't have any strongholds because dad was so tight. I was never put in a position to start a stronghold. Let me encourage some of you parents there. Be a pain in the butt. Stay strong. 
There's a war for your children's hearts and lives out there. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? I don't care. Let somebody call you a helicopter parent. See the results of what happens in their family compared to your family. It's all good. All I know is I have a responsibility. I'm going to stand before God one day, and it is so critical that we make sure we have right relationships. Young people, let me hear, let me, let me say to you, who you hang out with is going to define who you are. Old people, let me say to you, who you hang out with is going to define who, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Right relationships are absolutely critical, critical, critical. This is why we put so much emphasis on this area, right? While we are worshiping here on Sunday morning, and we have events, and we had a dream team party a while back for all of our dream teamers, and, and we'll do s- small groups, and you know, come summertime, we'll do family game nights, and we've got summer camp coming up for the kids to sign up for. We've got all these things that are going around, but can I, can I just tell you what's sitting at the core of what we do here? It's something called small groups. Small groups is where you get real with somebody, where you find some relationships where they're going to pray for you, and they're going to keep you accountable. Are they going to be perfect? No, because nobody's perfect. But it is critical that somebody knows your stuff, right? Somebody has got to be able to call you on the table. A couple of years ago, I got the chance to go back to, some of you guys know this, and I'll probably get a laugh from people that are new. I grew up going to a summer camp. It was a church camp. It was named after a bishop, and this was his last name. But I grew up going to church camp at Camp Weed, Okay. There you go. Um, there was no cannabis, or we didn't even know what CBCs it was back then. But anyway, so, so I grew up going to Camp Weed, and I loved that place, and it was amazing. And I, I got a chance to go visit, like a little reunion thing, a couple years ago, and I ran into a mom. And I was like, wow, you haven't changed a day. She said, Mike Matheny, you are still full of crap. <laughs> and I loved it. You know why? Because I've gotten to a place where I really like when people call my stuff. Because I know it is so healthy for us to be in places where people call us out for who we are. Right? That, that we really address. And you need to be. You need to be in relationships where people are doing that. Pastor Mike, how can I, how, I? I don't know where I'm supposed to go. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm trying to figure out my life. Can I tell you what is a way more important question than your where's in your house? Your who's. Your who's. The people you are hanging around with are either holding you down or pushing you towards the direction you should go. Right relationships. Right relationships are critical. Proverbs 27 and 19, you think I'm just saying that? A mirror reflects a man's face, but what he really is like is shown by the kind of friends he chooses. Right? Proverbs 13 and 20. He who walks with the wise grows wise. I love this one. But a companion of fools goes to jail, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Because you didn't have the weed, but he had the weed in the car and you were in the car. A companion of fools comes to harm because you're hanging out with fools. It doesn't say you become a fool. It says shrapnel of the bomb that goes off gets on you as well, right? 2 Corinthians 6 and 14, do not be yoked together with an unbeliever. Can I encourage you young people? uh, Please don't missionary date. I love you, and I'm just going to say some hard stuff today. But don't missionary date. What I mean by that is, oh, I'm going to date him, and well, he'll come to know God. That's missionary dating. No, he won't. Boys will say anything just to get you to whatever. You understand what I'm saying to you? No, 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 no. no what, what, listen to what it says. Don't be unyoked with unbeliever. Listen to me. For those of you who spend exorbitant amount of time investing in friendships that are not believers, that's a little dangerous. 
I just need you to hear that. Those relationships we invest in should be because we're trying to reach out, but we need to be careful because people are going to have an effect on us. They, they are. They, I, and I'm not making that up. Listen, do not be yoked with unbelievers for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? And the answer is nothing. Not Nothing. Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Okay, authentic faith, intentional schedules, discover purpose, right relationship. Let me give you the last one. We're going to get towards closing this thing up today. Last one, most critical, biggest one, it's this. If we're going to have anything essential to having healthy relationships, it's going to be amazing grace. Do you know why it's amazing? Because it makes no sense. Right? It makes no sense. Example, of course, is the amazing grace God has shown us. There's not a person in the world (laughs) that you'll have a relationship with that it won't require grace. How many of you know? Every person. Every person that you come in a relationship is going to fail you. Is going to let you down. Is going to hurt you. Is going to do things that are unhealthy. And you're going to have to have what? All relationships outside of God's relationship... Uh, towards me all, all other relationships are flawed outside of my relationship with god everything else is flawed right they're imperfect they're generally just kind of jacked up and your kids your kids are going to blow it come on parents some of my, some of my older parents here kids are going to blow it right and you're going to be in the craziest situations like you and them and some blue and red lights going on Right, it's some kind, and they're going to blow it. And you know what they're going to require? Grace. Grace. They're going to require that in that moment I look at them and go, you have never needed me any more than you need me right now. And what you did was wrong, and we're going to talk about that later. But I'm here, and I'm not leaving, and I'm here for you through it all. Our kids need to know. Are, are, are you hearing? And our relationships need to know that. I read this letter. I th- thought this was kind of interesting. Guy, a, a, a girl left this letter for mom and dad. It says this. Dear mom and dad, I'm sorry to have to tell you like this, but I'm eloping with my new boyfriend. I finally found true love, and he's just great. I especially love his cute piercings and sexy scars and cool tattoos and his big motorcycle. And that's not all. I'm expecting a child with him. And I'm already three months pregnant. We're going to settle down in his trailer. And he says that he wants to have even more children. I'm so happy. And guess what? We're going to get married next week. He also explained to me that weed isn't as bad as some people say. And, and so now we're growing 17 plants behind our trailer. We'll have enough for him and his friends. And in return, I'll give us, it, it'll, they'll give us as many pills as we want. I do hope they find a cure for STD soon so that my boyfriend can get better. He really deserves it. So don't worry about money. His friends are in the movie business and they said that I could be an actress. So don't worry about me. I'm 15 years old and I can take care of myself. The next time I come to visit, you'll get to see your grandchild. XOXO Anna. P.S. Mom and Dad, none of the above is true. I'm over at Emma's house until you read this note. I just wanted to remind you there are worse things than the report card on your desk. Some of you right now, you just thought, I love my children. It's all perspective, right? It's all perspective. It's all perspective. And so they need grace. Can I say this? 
Some of you are thinking about bailing on some of your relationships. You're thinking about bailing on your marriage. Some of you kids are bailing on your parents. You've pulled away from your parents. So, so, some of you are, are, are bailing on co-workers or other important relationships because the grass is greener on the other side. You know what? The grass is greener where the grass gets watered. And the water is grace. The water is staying there long enough for me to water and work this area until grass starts to grow. Are you, are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Ephesians 4 and 32, be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other just as Christ forgave you. Let me say it to you this way. You will never have to forgive someone for more than God has forgiven you for. It may not be the exact same thing, but the, still the level of sin that God has forgiven each one of us. He expects us to turn around and give that same forgiveness. So piggybacking off that idea of grace, I'm going to close. And I told you I was going to give you a Bible story at the end and ch- sort of turn a little bit differently, end a little bit differently today. So I, I, want, to, I want to read to you um, out of Ecclesiastes. And, and many of you, you, you've read this. And actually, you know these words. If you're old enough, uh, you remember the birds. Um, and so you'll kind of maybe recognize these. Look at Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 4. It says this. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. Time to be born and a time to die. Time to plant and a time to uproot. Time to kill and a time to heal. Time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh and a time to mourn and a time to dance. Now, those all sound pretty good. We got those. And then there's this next one that's kind of weird. It says, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. All the ones before that, we kind of go, yeah, okay, I, I see it. But, the, but this like scatter stone, gather stone thing, what, what is that all about? Well, I, I want to refer back to in Genesis 31, there's a relationship between a son and a father-in-law that is just totally jacked up. Anybody got any family relationships that are totally jacked up? Anybody? Nobody in here? Y'all are all holy people. So Jacob and his, his father-in-law Laban, Jacob works for him and he wants to marry his daughter, but he gives him the other daughter and stuff. So he tricks him. He works for him again. He gives him the other daughter. And then he works for him and, and he keeps changing his wages. I mean, the relationship is just whack. The relationship is just, it's a mess. It's dysfunctional. It's for, it's for a long, long time. Long, long time. And then finally Jacob says, you know what? I'm out. Peace. <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is stupid. I'm taking my wives. I'm taking the flocks and all this stuff. And I'm, I'm out. And he takes off. And when Laban finds out about it, he gets mad. Right? And so he goes to go after him. But while he's going after him, there's an angel that appears to him. He goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't, don't, don't do what you're about to do. Don't do what you're about to do. And here's what I would think. I think God might be saying to some of you today and referring to some of your relationships that you might consider bailing on, don't, don't do what you're about to do. Laban finally comes and gets to Jacob and I can just kind of picture Jacob as Laban walks up you know I picture Jacob kind of like and he says this to him in Genesis 31 44 come now let's make a covenant you and I and let it serve as a witness between us so Jacob took a stone and set it up as a pillar and he said to his relatives gather some stones so they took stones and piled them in the heap 
and they ate there by the heap. What they did was they gathered stones. And what was a normal practice then, and I think is, is an amazing picture, is what Jacob could have done was picked up a stone. Right? Come on, somebody. And be like, bring it, dog. I got you. Let's go. Which is often what we do in relationships. Immediately, we're going to pick up a stone and start throwing rocks. But this one says, they gathered the rocks. In other words, I get this picture of they picked up a stone. Anybody been offended by a family member lately? And they take the stone and they go, you remember when you did this? I'm going to put this here. And they pick up another stone and they go, you know, you remember when this happened between us? I'm going to stack that one up too. And they built an altar. Do you know what an altar is for? It's to sacrifice. So the idea is, and let me ask you, are you scattering stones or are you gathering stones? Are you taking those things that causing unhealthiness in the relationships and are you using the stones to continue the fight and the war and I see it over and over all the time when I counsel people and that's all they can do is just throw stones or do we gather stones and so how do we gather stones we'll give you three things and we'll close how do we gather stones in this context number one number one I start with the acknowledgement of my own mistakes You know what the best way to start a conflict conversation is? An apology. An apology. I tell people this all the time. I counsel them. Whatever, listen, whatever's going on, whatever the deal is, I want you to think of the situation because you're not perfect. No one's perfect. You didn't do it perfect. In any conflict, nobody's perfect. The parent's not perfect. The kid's not perfect. Right? So I can't tell you how many times I've walked into the room And here comes dad, right, walking in. And the kids, you can only imagine, they're like Jacob. (laughs) Like, Lord, here it goes. And I go, hey, dad owes you an apology. And they go, what? I go, dad owes you an apology. I don't think I was so clear in my instructions. And what you did was wrong, and I think you were being deceitful in it. But I also can see how maybe there was a miscommunication. So that was my bad. So I apologize. Now, you did this. So here are the consequences that we're going to have because of that scenario. Do you hear the difference in how that goes? You know how amazing it is for you to go to your spouse, co-worker, someone, and say, hey, I I need to apologize for something. Start the conflict. See, we start piling and we gather stones. We can, we, can, we can scatter stones. Scattering stones is actually kind of fun by our sinful nature. Come on, somebody. Especially if you got a good one. But we start by acknowledging my stuff. Right? Romans 3 and 23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all have fault. And Matthew 7 and 3 through 5. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How true is that? Come on, somebody. I love that visual. Like, I just got this picture of, like, somebody walking around with a two-by-four hitting the doorknobs. And yet, what is that dot in your eye? And isn't that us? Really? I mean, when we look at it? 
How can you say to a brother, let me take the speck out of your eye and all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eyes. Number two, gathering stones, I think is about abandoning my right to get even. It's abandoning my right to get even. See, let me say this to you. Can I say this? Hear me? I don't, I don't think Christians sue Christians, especially. I'm not sure about the other, but Christians don't get revenge. Christians forgive. That, that's what Jesus, I know that sounds radical, but that's, that's who Jesus was. Right? And, and, and we've got this sinful nature inside of us. It's like, I'm getting even. I'm going to get mine. Rah, 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 rah. Let, me, let me ask you, how's that working out for you? Right? Because that just, that just continues this, this conflict. Romans 12 and 19. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. All the way back to the top. An authentic faith. If you have an authentic faith, if you know who your God is and you know who Jesus is, guess what? You trust him to take care of it. You trust that he is stronger than you. You trust that his wrath is better than your wrath. Can I take, tell, can I be honest? I take some kind of sick delight in that. I do. Let God crush him. Woohoo! I mean, I know that's kind of sick and I'm working on it. Pray for your pastor. But you get my point, right? You, you get my point that, 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 that we don't take revenge. Matter of fact, with, with nails in our hands and blood coming down our face, we look down and say, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. That's what Christians do. Romans 12 and 19, do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. These three words, come on, somebody, you, you need to put these three words somewhere. I will repay. I will repay. I'll fix this. I promise. Authentic faith. Do I trust him? Do I know him to be the God who never, ever fails? Number three, and we're going to close. Gathering stones is about applying God's grace to my relationships. Apply God's grace to my relationships. First John 4 and 8 is probably one of the toughest verses in the Bible. I didn't put it up on the screen. I just added it this morning. You ready? Listen to these words. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Now close your eyes and let me pray for you. And let's ask God to do a work inside of us that we would be a people that have decided it's time to no longer scatter the stones. It's time to gather stones. It's time to apply grace, amazing grace. It's time to abandon my right to feel like I can get revenge. It's time to apply that simple grace and know that God has got it all under control. Father, we lay our stuff before you today. Holy Spirit, speak to us right now. Who are those that we continue to scatter stones with, to war with, to go back and forth with, would you break our heart today that for your glory not because this person deserves it or has earned it or any other reason but for your glory today that we might be a gatherer of stones yes here's what they did to me I put it on the altar 
And yes, here's that other event and what happened and I put it on the altar. And I light that altar on fire and those things burn up. And God, would you heal my soul from the anger, the grudges and the frustration and the prideful need for revenge. So today I release Pray, Holy Spirit, you would do something right now in breaking strongholds and bringing deliverance in this house today. With your eyes still closed, maybe there's somebody here today and you go, you know, I'm not really sure if I have an authentic faith. Well, let me say this to you. Is there a moment when you stopped and you made Jesus Lord of your life? Let's start there. And if that's not, been ha- that's not a time or a moment that you can remember, you do that right now. You stop right now and say, Jesus, today I, I accept you as Lord of my life. Come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sins. Today, as best as I know how, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to do life the way you have designed me to do it, God. And maybe there's others today that you feel far from God. You, you have that time period where you've done that. But today you feel far from God. You feel you've wandered away a bit. And today he says, come home. I love you. It's okay. I, I saw it all. I, I saw what happened. And I still want you and I still love you. Come home. And so God, for those that are here today in that place, would you make yourself very real to them today? And have them recommit to a life of serving you and serving your purposes. We pray it all in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, 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 church. If you made one of those decisions today, we would love to know that. It would be awesome if you'd put it on one of those connection cards and say, I accepted Jesus' day first time or recommitted my life today. If you've got a prayer request, our prayer team would love to pray for you. On the back, there's a prayer request on the back of the card where you can write out prayer requests and all those can be dropped in the boxes on your way out. Church, I hope God spoke to you today. But here's, listen to me, the most important thing of anything that that, that could be said this morning is the last few moments, all they were was a catalyst. Now, God wants us to actually go do, right? Don't just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Amen? Would you stand to your feet? I'm going to pray a closing blessing over you guys. And then the team is going to worship for those of you who would like to stay. Um, we're going to worship a little more for those of you who got to go or go get your kids. You'll be dismissed as soon as I say amen. Father, I pray over everyone here today. Would you guard and protect us as we go through crazy times in our culture and in our country and in our world? Father, would you, would you empower us and anoint us to go above and beyond in the area of forgiveness and letting things go. Would you make us gatherers of stones this week that relationships would be healed and restoration would come into our heart. Now empower us to go and be the church you have called us to be. We pray it all in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Have a great week. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for joining us today. We would love to help you on your next steps. Please visit cotlakes.com. Join us weekly as we continue to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in our community.